And now we continue our service with the sermon. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning's sermon is based upon the first reading from Acts, the story of the Ascension, as well as the gospel lesson that we heard for today. I want to mention a little bit to you about beginnings and endings. This afternoon, a few of you are going to join us, and perhaps some visitors from elsewhere, and we're going to talk about writing, writing stories of faith. How do you share your story and your experience of what God's done for you? And whenever you write, beginnings and endings are important. It's very important for people who write novels and books. I used to work with training people doing that, and we spent a lot of time on beginnings and endings. If the beginning is not good, no one's going to read all the good stuff that comes in the middle. And if the ending's not good, no one's going to remember all the stuff that was in the middle. It works for films or movies as well. If a movie or a book, any kind of story in any form can get our attention early, then we're listening. And if the ending is good and memorable then we remember what's happened and we recall it and we still think back and say, I remember that book, I remember that film. Today, we have something very interesting. We've read two readings from Luke's gospel. Luke was the gospel writer who wasn't Jewish, he was Greek. He was trained as a physician, had classical Greek training. So he'd known a little bit about writing and about plays and about how to put a story down together. So here we have a beginning and an ending. Now, if we hadn't just read the sections, I could ask you, how does Luke end his gospel? And a very good answer would probably be with the resurrection, a good point to end, or maybe you might say with the resurrection appearances. But that's not how he ends his gospel. Luke ends his gospel with the story of the ascension of Jesus. Interesting place to end. Then he has a sequel. And I think we'll all wear sequels. You've seen a movie, and a movie it does very well. And as soon as you see that there's some loose ends and it's done well, you think, they're going to make a sequel to that. How do you start a sequel? How does Luke, what does he do for the beginning? And again, if we hadn't just heard the beginning of Luke's gospel, you might say, oh, It's the story of the Holy Spirit coming in the early church and filling people uh, and, and they all understood each other in every language they spoke. And that would be a very good answer because that happens right at the beginning. But Luke actually begins the story of the early church and what the apostles did with the story of the ascension. So wait a minute. He's ended his first book and began his second book with the same thing. That's what he's done. Well, that's interesting. We've seen the technique before. Sometimes you have a sequel to a movie, and maybe you've forgotten it's been a year or two, and you come back, and now here's the sequel, and maybe they come back to the scene they finished with to remind you where they left the story off. And maybe they look at it from a slightly different perspective, from someone else's point of view or another angle. Luke does something like that here in this story. 
he finishes his story of Jesus with Jesus' final act on earth. Yes, the resurrection is key and the resurrection appearances, and that's a profound way to finish, but he doesn't quite stop there. He leads the disciples out as far as Bethany. He lifts up his hands. He blessed them while he was blessing them. He withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. So the setup in the temple, ready to go. But now, for the next continuation, what happens then? But now he comes back and after his little introduction in greeting... He reminds people what's just happened. Jesus has been raised from the dead and he appeared to all sorts of people. And then he talks again about the ascension, but with a little bit more detail. So for Luke, this is an important bit in the life of Jesus. He he ends the story of Jesus' life with the ascension and he starts the story of the church with the ascension. And when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? And now that's an important question because remember, the disciples have been thinking, Jesus is coming as an earthly king. He's going to restore the kingdom to Israel. He's going to kick out the Romans. He's going to get rid of the corrupt uh, priest in Sanhedrin. And he's going to restore the kingdom as it should be run. And they were thinking this is going to happen, and they thought that was going to happen at the triumphal entry, and it wasn't what happened. Jesus wasn't the kind of Messiah they expected. And now he's risen from the dead, and he's gathered together, and he's got them up to a little hillside near Bethany, and they're thinking, now it's going to happen. Now you're going to come and go in and get rid of the Romans and now restore the kingdom. And what does Jesus do? He said, it's not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in all Samaria. The disciples were saying, okay, Lord, we've been following you. This has been a pretty busy and exciting time. We thought it was all over. Now it's not, and you're back from the dead, and now... No one can deny that you're the Messiah we've been waiting for, so now you're going to do it, right? And Jesus is saying, no, you're still thinking and waiting for what I'm going to do. But Jesus says to them, it's what you're going to do. Because the disciples are saying, now are you going to do it, Lord? Now can we sit back and watch it all happen? You bring down the army of angels and you establish the kingdom the way it should be, and we can sit at your right and your left hand and be very important And Jesus said, you're going to receive the Spirit. You're going to be empowered. You're going to go out and be my witnesses and tell people what happened. It's not about what I'm going to do now, but what you're doing. What I'm doing through you. And what the Spirit's doing through you. And then he was lifted up. A cloud took him out of their sight. A lot of symbolism here. Uh, Moses in the cloud. Uh, So the idea of the cloud and... He's lifted up and is ascended out of their sight. And what did they do? Now remember, Jesus has already told them that they're to go out and proclaim uh, the gospel. We've had that. He's explained it to them several times. He's just now again said to them, you're going to be my witnesses in all the world. He's ascended into heaven and they are standing there looking up. 
That's when the angel comes. Angels are very important in the life of Jesus. They announced his impending birth to his mother. They announced it to shepherds. They showed up to minister to him at different times in his life. They're there at the resurrection. And now, once more, angels appear because the disciples need a reminder. Galileans, they said. Fishermen. And they can say Galileans because the only non-Galilean in the group is Judas. He's no longer among them. So the twelve have become eleven, and they're staying, they're looking up, and the angels appear, and they probably don't notice them at first because they're just waiting, saying, so is he coming back down? What's going on? Why are you standing there looking up? Why are you standing there looking up? This Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come in the same way as you've seen him go into heaven. Don't worry. He'll come back in his own time, his own place, but you have work to do. Why are we standing there looking up? Ascension Sunday is a call to action. It's a reminder to disciples that Jesus has just told them, I'm empowering you to go and tell people everywhere, close by and far away, about what you've seen, about what I've done, and about how I've transformed your lives, that their lives might also be transformed. Ascension Sunday is a reminder that, yes, Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. He's ascended, but he's called us to proclaim the message. The ascension is the end of the story of Jesus' journey with us on this earth physically. It's the beginning of the story of the church and the story of proclamation as Jesus hands over and says, your turn. Tell people what you've seen, what you've heard, what you've experienced. The ascension is an end and a beginning. For the disciples, the end of their time physically with Jesus, for us as the church, the beginning of experiencing life in the power of the Holy Spirit and the challenge and the mission of proclaiming and living out the good news of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. That's what Ascension Sunday is about. Not looking up, but looking back down and getting to work. And sometimes we need the same reminder that the disciples had from the angels all those years ago that said, why do you stand here looking up? Don't worry, he'll be back when the time is right, but you have work to do. Look back down, look among you, look at the people around you that you know in your community, in your families, in your lives. How do you serve them? How can they serve you? How can we be lights and witnesses to Jesus Christ, who has ascended to the Father and will come again and has called us to be witnesses to him in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth? Ascension Sunday is an end and a beginning. And a beginning to the story that we're still a part of, of proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ until he returns. Amen. And now may grace, 
mercy and peace be with you. The peace that surpasses all human understanding protect and guide you and keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.